0: One knows how to play poker. Poker, But do you know how to play poker well? Well, Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. poker. This is Poker Action Line, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
1: And welcome once again, everyone. Another edition of the show here from South Florida, Poker Action Line. Glad to have you with us, listening to the program. Big news in town is the uh, Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which is uh, finishing up as we speak over at the Seminole Hard Rock this afternoon, the main event. Uh, A lot of big high roller tournaments, and we'll talk about some of that later, uh, that it's really kind of uh, taken a big part of the uh, World Series of Poker this year, a lot more of that kind of thing. Seems to be very popular. And uh, people enjoy watching the big stars, uh, you know, the the big name players like uh, Eric Seidel and... And uh,
0: you know all the guys, Jeff Gross, and and a lot of the players. Uh, well, to me, Dave, it's it's similar to watching the you know the the All Stars and and every sport. You know, you you dream about them, and in poker, you know. Which one of us here, you know, which normal poker player can afford to put up 100000 or, or or a quarter of a million for some of these big uh, yeah, big tournaments, you know? So you got to kind of live a little bit vicariously through them.
1: Yeah, I, that's what I did today. Uh, I was going to go over for the uh, final table, which uh, started today at noon, but uh, I decided to just go ahead and watch the uh, live stream. Enjoyed the, the action there. Jeff Grosso, I mean, just mentioned, is uh, on my mind because he was doing the commentary today. Jeff is a uh, long-time big-name player and uh, high roller player, and uh, also does some uh, YouTube. Has a YouTube channel as he was talking about today, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff out there. If you uh, really want to help your game, at one time it was just you know there was card runners and there was a couple of magazines, or you picked up uh, Doyle Doyle uh, Brunson's book, uh, the Super System. And uh, and then of course the magazines uh, which are still prevalent uh, Annie Up and Card Player and uh, you know Bluff is long gone now but uh, there's still a couple out there still including Annie Up which I write for so you can get the information from those magazines and you can get some uh, helpful tips uh, I think if you really need to improve your game in a long term maybe picking up one of these. Uh, Uh, classes maybe the poker academy that rep porter has uh, you know a few others are starting up now too but uh, uh, a series of lessons to follow doug polk has a lot of uh, information on his uh, upswing poker
0: well it it seems like the top poker players have realized that there's money to be made and uh you know in teaching the game right and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean i mean Dave, I don't know if you remember, but when uh, Doyle Brunson came out with Super System before Super System Two, you know, all the top pros back then were really pissed off, right? <laughs> because it seems like he was giving away the secrets to you know to to the treasure there on how to find the, the 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 treasure, and you know, I don't know if Doyle Brunson just did it out of the kindness of his heart, just you know, the ego of hey, you know, I, I am. He was probably the top poker player in his day at that time. But, you know, I think all of these steps, you know, um, Chris Moneymaker gets obviously a lot of credit for the explosion of poker with him winning that satellite and, and then taking down the main event. But, you know, leading up to that and since then, you know, the growth of poker, besides the Internet, I think has been that people have found a way to learn about the game a little quicker and, and feel a little bit more confident about sitting down either at a table or in front of their computer and playing right. at home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do want to talk about the uh, a little bit of the uh, feed today
1: and the uh, final table. Uh, as I mentioned to Joe right before he we went on, uh, they're still playing because they uh, got to head-to-head play at about 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, right now it's after 7, so they've been playing for a while. They're still playing. They just took a break and... I guess they're coming back uh uh good friend of ours Daryl Fish uh, that's been on the show many times is uh, at the final 2 against a uh, young uh, uh Russian player from uh, Siberia actually uh his name is uh, Alexander Shevelev and he's been a chip leader for much of the day uh but Fish was right there with him and uh they've been playing head to head for about 3 hours and uh when they started head-to-head play, Shevalev had 15 million and uh, Daryl had 11. Uh, Daryl took a lead, uh, Shevalev got the lead back, and it's gone back and forth. I would forth. imagine
0: it's just been—if it's lasted three hours, it's just been going back and forth.
1: And the last I can tell is that they're still going, so uh, we'll report did that during chip, the show. Did
0: you get a chip count the well, last time you looked?
1: Last time I looked, uh, Daryl was up to 21 million against six million, so oh, he was that's about that's to close sad. it out. And they got into this, uh, this late hand here that looked like uh, Daryl was going to put him away. Daryl had, uh, had pocket queens. And uh, just looking at it from his point of view, the, the flop was 10-3 uh, deuce, two spades. Uh, after uh, Daryl had three bet in the big blind and Shevlev had called, the, the fish continued after the flop for almost a million, Shevlev called. The turn was uh, six of diamonds. Fish bets 1.4 million, and Chevalier goes in the tank. Then, which was, uh, you know,
0: well at that point he—I don't know what the raise was pre, uh, before the flop, pre-flop—but he bet a million and a million and a half. He was sitting with six million. I would imagine that one and a half million had to come close to putting him. Close to all in. Well, no,
1: because he he after uh, after after the one point four million dollar bet, he used the time chip. Uh, they had the uh, shot clock, the time right. action clock, I guess they call it, uh, and moved in. He had five point two million uh, behind. So then he
0: had a little bit more, or, yeah. or it was a small wager prior to the previous flop. Exactly.
1: Pre-flop. Uh, so fish called, and they they went to the uh, they they turned the cards over, and Shevlev had pocket kings. <gasps>
0: Wow, so he kind of slow played them.
1: Yeah. So uh there was a uh 6 of hearts on the uh, on, the, on river. the river, so a pair of sixes came out runner runner. But man, uh, if I'm
0: Daryl and he's thinking about it, I think I'm solid right now. Yeah. I think I'm solid, maybe an ace 10. I, you know, that 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 had to be a shock to see pocket kings when you're holding pocket queens. That's yeah. that's a real cooler.
1: And of course, you know they've been playing for several hours, so uh, you know you yeah, want a chance to Yeah, that's frustrating take
0: them out. as hell. That's going to be frustrating. So that's the last count
1: I have is uh, Alexander Chevelev with 15.45 million. Daryl Fish with
0: back to oh, <laughs> 11.8875. <laughs> that's, that's that's what you mentioned. They had which is roughly where they started. Where they exactly, started exactly. exactly.
1: So again, uh, you know, a lot of times when this thing ends rather suddenly, and we haven't seen a uh, a. Uh, update for a while, that that means maybe that they're doing the interviews at the conclusion and that sort of thing. Or they could have taken a break and they may still oh, be playing. Oh, it planned.
0: could be a dinner break right now. So when we finish know? the
1: show, I might head over there and catch <laughs> the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had hoped to get an interview with Daryl. He's always you, kind with his time. Now, and, what
0: I'm curious about is, uh, since I haven't followed, but do you have, do you know what the prize money, what the breakup is for first and second? Yeah,
1: I do. It's uh, 511000 for first.
0: And, and whatever, three, 300, 340000 three, something like three something. that. Three yeah. Okay, wow, so they're fighting very hard for that extra $170,000. Yeah,
1: for sure. And, I don't uh, blame
0: them. That doesn't come around very often to yeah, earn that fi- kind of money in a few hours.
1: Five eleven and three thirty one.
0: There you go, so 180000 180, is the difference between first and second.
1: Anyway, some great play today. Uh, just wanted to run down the final table. The first one out at the final table was Alan Crocky, an older gentleman, probably late 60s, early 70s, from, from Chicago uh he said he's been playing poker for like 50 years and he's been on a couple of televised final tables on the heartland poker tour but never uh all that much on the on the uh, wpt or even the wsop he does have a couple of final tables on the circuit but uh only 70,000 in career earnings so a really big day for him unfortunately for him he was the first one out uh out in fifth was uh brett bader who's from south florida or lives in South Florida. I don't know where he's from, but uh, he plays here at the Hard Rock a lot. And uh, six hundred thousand in career earnings, and has won a uh, SHRPO deep stack event. So uh, he was out in fifth. Uh, fourth place was the woman I talked about last week, uh, Ness Riley, uh, married to Tim Riley, who's also playing in several of these events. She doesn't play in a lot of tournaments, and uh, pretty interesting person. But she was there today and had a uh, Larry Bird jersey on.
0: Oh, we know that she's a Boston fan. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Either
0: that or an Indiana State fan, one of the two. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Anyway, she went out in fourth place. Uh, I had a couple of hands that I wanted to talk about. i see if I can find them here as we move along in the show tonight. But she went out in fourth place. Uh, That left three and finishing in third, then finally eliminated. uh, But hung in there for a long time. And I thought this was pretty interesting because Andy Frankenberger was under uh, ten big blinds. And uh looked like he was headed out and maybe, at best, fifth, but uh,
0: hang, hang, kind of hung
1: in there, hung you know. On had, third? Had, as I watched, several hands he could have shoved and taken his chances. And a couple times he had the best hand and, and, and folded. So, uh, you know, I was kind of wondering, you know. Why? Well, how how well he was playing, actually, because there was a couple times he could have really moved up.
0: That's the thing. When you look back at
1: it, he gets to the final table and uh, moves up two spots. They called it the ladder, and he, he climbed two rungs. And uh, ends up making $244,000. Now,
0: when you say he had the best hand, what hand did he have? Well, that, I, because remember, for, for us... You asked me to it, remember it's hands. Easy, but, yeah. It's easy for us, in hindsight, to look at the hands and say, oh, he had the best hand, he could have moved. But at that point, he may obviously... If he thought he had the best hand, he would have probably shoved. Yeah, but you know. Uh, well, I didn't
1: write him down, and then they weren't no worthy enough to, uh, to be to on write the feed. him down. Yeah, so. that,
0: he was waiting for something a little bit stronger, and you know, listen, he did well enough to move up, being with ten, you know, with less than ten big blinds, and and a, on a short table, you know, that's 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 pretty impressive. But you know, he's he's a world class poker player.
1: Right, exactly, and former. Uh, WPT Player of the Year.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's no questioning his strategy.
1: Or, or as uh, our friend Will the Thrill would say, Andy freaking Frankenberger.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there were a couple of stories he told on the air that were pretty funny about that. Anyway, uh, still battling it out. Uh, Alexander Shevilev uh, from Siberia. Uh, he's uh, played in a few tournaments here before. Uh, won a Turbo Trophy in the 2016 Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown, and got into this tournament with a $390 satellite victory.
0: Oh, I can't believe Alexander's still losing in Siberia. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I just just can't believe that young man lives still over there. So. And of
1: course, Daryl Fish, we've had on the show many times. Uh, 3.2 million in career earnings has a. Circuit ring, a main event ring, and also won the Aussie Millions Tournament of Champions back in 2016. So uh, they're finishing up here battling for that first-place prize of 511000 Where uh, Did I lose that one? Oh, no, there it is. Okay, anyway, uh, number of players, uh, like 911. Wow. So it was a $2 million guarantee, $3,500 buy-in, so they obviously crushed the... Uh,
0: the guarantee. the guarantee,
1: which was surpassed really early on, on the second of the two opening sessions. So uh, that was uh, not a problem at all. So, uh, But an interesting table, and uh, they're still playing along. So uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll uh, keep an eye on that as we do the show. Uh, but several other big tournaments there, as I mentioned, high rollers and that sort of thing. And uh, uh, Justin Bonomo, one of, one of the last events. Uh the $25,000 uh, buy-in, defeating Adrian Mateos from Spain uh, as they went That's down the stretch. That's that young man
0: that you mentioned yeah, last week. Yeah, player
1: of the year last player. year. Yeah, exactly. 2017, uh, both WPT and uh, uh, Card Player Magazine won both those awards. So, uh, uh, for him, uh, big year last year and continues now. And uh, Justin Bonimo had several deep finishes in some of the big uh, high-roller events, so... Uh, uh, really a great tournament from him. Um friend of yours, uh, Alexander Turiansky, finished 11th in, in the high roller.
0: Very nice, very nice.
1: And let me see who else uh, was in that final uh, run down there. They also had a big $5,000 tournament at the end. Um, keep an eye on some of that stuff uh, as well and pass that along to you. But... Uh, uh, Big-name players, you know, uh, all the way around. I mean, you know, and here it is, uh, you know, maybe one of their smaller tournaments, I guess you might say, the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. You don't think of that as being one of the major events. But because of the time of year and the weather, they have drawn very well down
0: here. Not only that, I I, I think we have to start giving them credit for their reputation, too, you know, that uh, the Hard Rock just puts on great poker tournaments. Uh, As we've mentioned on this show, Tony Burns, a good friend of the show, uh is now their tournament director over there you know he's been doing a, a tremendous job since he's taken over that that post and uh, you know does does any of this surprise you no three, it, doesn't. it doesn't it, it doesn't it, it, it would surprise me if they didn't make, meet these these guarantees and the fields were a lot smaller but you know th- this this falls right in line with with the expectations if not exceeding them uh like you said it's not a major tournament per se, but still, the numbers and the players that are here make it feel like, like a major tournament.
1: It is a uh, WPT event, and the final table was f- uh, streamed today, but it is not, from what I found out today, going to be on the uh, the, sh- the WPT series shows. So it okay. airs on Fox uh, Sportsnet. Uh, just trying to check the final finishes here of the, uh, the 5,000, I, I know that... Uh, Uh, Ben Tolerine was the winner, and uh, Olivia Bousquet finished in sixth place in that one. Mark Radoja uh, was in seventh. Uh, Just trying to catch this one last tournament and uh, talk about some of the people at the final table of that big one. Uh, But uh, Justin Bonomo still sporting the pink uh, uh, hairdo on the top. He (laughs) defeated Andre Platnikov uh, at the final table. And uh, I was going to look at the other uh, top finishers and can't seem to find it right now. Anyway, I looked that up in a break. Uh, We'll take our first break on the show. We've got a few things to talk about here tonight, and we look forward to uh, having a good show with you. Hope you'll stick around. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and you can always pick up the show on our website at pokeractionline.com, of course, you can get it on iTunes very easily. Just search Poker Action Line or Big Dave Lemon. should come right up for you. You can subscribe to the show there. We also love to have you uh, put in your comments or rate the program on iTunes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Hold'em Radio Network carries our program on a regular basis. The Poker, Cat, the Poker Fuse podcast page, uh, you can find it there. And, of course, on SoundCloud and Stitcher as well. So lots of places to find the show, and we hope you do each week. We'll have more of the show when we return here on Poker Action Line from
0: South Florida. This is Boker Action Line.
1: so glad we left that stupid party. No joke. Hey, baby, are you an overdue library book? Because you got fine written all over you. Oh, barf. What about that girl with the hoop earrings? Ridiculous. When she was dancing... Megan, uh, look out! Look out! <gasps> oh, 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 my God. Becky. Becky, are you okay? My arm. I think it's broken. Can you bend it? It's already bent. In the wrong direction. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. I only had a few drinks. I was just buzzed. Really? Just buzzed? Yeah, I swear. Well, in that case, my arm is fine. Ah, that's better. You're really okay? You're serious, Becky? No genius. I'm not serious. Ow! My arm! It hurts! Buzzed driving. Maybe we should stop acting like it's no big deal. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
0: WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
1: And welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe uh, taking a look at some of the local action here, which is national basically. Uh, of course, we finished up the PCA down the Bahamas. A lot of players came right over here from there to play in Lucky Hearts. Uh, we do have players heading down to uh, um, Aussie Millions, which uh, their main event starts up next week. And uh, they will get some of that on the, on the live uh, feed down in, from Australia in Melbourne. Uh, also, the Borgata getting underway, and we'll be looking at some of that uh, over the next couple of weeks and see how uh, that works out. That's where the WPT goes next. Uh, they also have Fallsville, Fallsview coming up, which is up in uh, New York uh, near the Niagara Falls uh, area. So uh, a lot of great stuff. And then, uh, of course, the WSOP Circuit will be here in South Florida in February at the uh, Coconut Creek, February 8th through the 19th.
0: Yeah, so I keep forgetting it's at the Creek. For some reason, I thought it was at the Hard Rock here. At the
1: no, this is the, the Circuit moved to the Creek. creek. So I, for some
0: reason, I kept thinking it was the Hard Rock.
1: Yeah. So, first time for them there. First huge tournament uh, with a national focus. I was just looking at some of their shows. They got a lot of big uh, entertainment shows there. We've stepped up that, uh, you know, the presentation. Frank Caliendo and Jim Brewer, comedians, are going to be there. And at
0: at, uh, the creek.
1: At the creek. Also, uh, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, as far as music goes, so a lot of interesting stuff happening here in town. As uh, both Tampa, uh, Seminole hard rock in Tampa, and Coconut Creek are kind of elevating themselves uh, up to the Hollywood well, level. As,
0: as we well know, and I don't know if all our listeners, nation, you know, uh, nationally, know this, but you know, even though they're all, all you know, they're all uh, seminal properties, they all have to kind of stand on their own, and 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 you know make their own success uh in in their own properties you know they they just can't live off of the the hard rock here and in tampa uh you know who who are the big dogs on their properties right
1: exactly um so anyway um i did want to run down that high roller uh, there were several high rollers earlier that we had talked about but this uh, event here was at the end of the series a $25,000 high roller uh, they had 75 entries with a prize pool of one, almost $1.9 million. And they paid out the top 11. I mentioned Alexander Turiansky uh, that you know finished in 11th. But here's the field as it went down. 10th was Ben Yu. 9th, Bryn Kenny. 8th was Sean Winter. 7th uh, was the breakout star from Germany last year, Stefan Schilhabel. Uh, then Lander, Leho, Dylan Lindy. 4th place was Joe McKeon, the uh, former uh, World event, Series over Main Event champion. And Ben Tolerine, who won the 5,000, also finished third in this one, took home 248,000. And then the top two, as I mentioned, Adrian Mateos finished second, and Justin Bonomo was the winner. I I mentioned Plotnikov. He was in that other uh, 5,000 tournament. So uh, he did not finish second in this one, but finished very deep in the other one. Anyway, uh, that just goes to uh, point out some of the players. And then, you know, of course, all the other players that played, uh, you know, Jason Mercier and um, Eric Seidel and, and big-name players all over the place. So pretty interesting to walk around and watch these people play. And uh, I think people are into it. And so it just seems like every other month there's now a huge tournament that just draws people down here, and uh, it's been a spectacular time for them.
0: Now. Yeah, listen, you know, we in the wintertime, I mean, actually I would start this thing like in October, and I'd run this all the way through, you know, March and April. I'd have a big tournament every six weeks down here. I mean, just... The weather just you know attracts everybody. It's 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 already got the tremendous reputation. We know how the Hard Rock puts on a first class uh, uh, you know affair every single time. You know they're crushing all these guarantees. I you know I would imagine. Somewhere in the back room, sooner or later, they'll be thinking about doing something like that. I mean, what are we down to now? About four tournaments in that time frame?
1: In, in which time
0: frame? From like about October to, to the end of March, April? At least four tournaments? Yeah, yeah. You know, so you add another one or two in there, and, you, and you're practically having one every month. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, latest chip counts from the championship, down to two players, Daryl Fish and uh, Alexander Shevlev. Uh Shevlev has $14.1 million. Fish to 13.2. There
0: you go. you got 27 and change out there. and This this seems like this is going to have to be a hand similar to the one we just described before we went in break where they had kings and queens where they push in. And, and the only reason uh, that Alexander didn't push in was he didn't want to give away the strength of his hand being down $21 million to $6 million at that time. Right. He wanted to try to get, uh, you know, he wanted to try to get Darryl to, to put in all his money, which eventually he did because he had a hand to put
1: it exactly. in. Exactly. So they're still playing, and uh, who knows, by the time you get done, maybe I'll head over there and catch the end of it. <laughs> anyway, what's up next for the Hard Rock? We're just looking ahead. Tony's uh, Tony Burns uh, came up with this uh, great series they call the Escalator 2, which is four straight weeks of tournaments. Um, and they and they run several flights. I guess there's six opening flights in each uh, tournament. It starts out February 21st through the 25th with a $150 buy-in. And then uh, the next weekend will be $250 buy-in. The next weekend, $350. And then they finish up with the $560 buy-in, $400,000 guaranteed tournament March 15th through the 19th, 18th. So even though this was a uh, self-put-together uh, tournament without any help from any uh, tours or leagues or anything uh this kind of fills in as you just said it fills in you know one a month basically
0: that's exactly what i would be doing if i was a tournament director or the poker room manager i'd be looking to run one you know if not every month every six weeks
1: yeah exactly it just
0: doesn't make any sense not to uh you know people want to be down here because of the weather around the country uh you know and again Going on your reputation and and on on how well you've run all these tournaments, that to me would be a given. Yeah, exactly. Um, Crown
1: Melbourne hosts the uh, Aussie Millions Poker Championship, and their main event will be streamed on Twitch Thursday, February 1st through Sunday, February 4th. Main event uh, starts actually with day three, so... Uh, you got a couple of days so they late. They should be getting in, uh, just about UK, ready to start down yeah, there. Another well. week or so, uh, they yeah, are they underway in the tournament.
0: Oh, the, the, so they've already started down there. Yeah, I'm just. I waiting. was just going to say because that main event's on third day is on the February first. They've already started,
1: and that was the most live uh, t- poker tournament of all time last year on Twitch.
0: Wow, very so nice.
1: uh, very popular down there, obviously. Uh, uh, the coverage has started on the 17th this month, so they're well underway with that, no question about it. So been underway for about a week. So the main event's still to come. A couple things I did want to talk about in the future, uh, you know, you look how poker's kind of uh, pervading into society in a lot of ways. There's a new pr- a comedy on... Uh, um, I think it's on Fox, if I'm not mistaken, but it's called "L.A. to Vegas." Yes. Did you see that yet?
0: I have not, but I've seen. Uh, you know, th- uh, so far it hasn't attracted me because of the the, the sophomoric, uh humor that's behind. Yeah, it's kind the, of like airplane. Yeah, I was humor, just going to say, uh, yeah, similar I, to
1: that. I guess you could say. But uh, I enjoyed the hell out of airplane. <laughs> they called it love boat in the sky, but dirtier. But it's based on, uh, you know, it's about the flight going, traveling from L.A. to Vegas, but basically there's a lot of poker-type characters on there. So uh, I haven't watched it, basically, because it's up against This Is Us, which I've gotten into this season, (laughs) which I guess sounds kind of Pollyannish, but, uh, you know, I I like the program. (laughs) Anyway, they have, uh, of course, uh, Dylan McDermott is one of the major characters on there. Um, He was on The Practice uh, he's uh, plays like a uh, boozy captain on the on the plane and with a uh, kind of porn moustache and uh, you know I guess it's kind of silly but I don't know but but Will Ferrell is one of the producers by the way of that program.
0: Well, that that goes along the line of his his sense of humor from what I, from the movies I've seen him do. But more importantly, I I want to do a show uh,
1: and it might be next week. Uh, both Joe and I are going out to watch Molly's game this week, hopefully. Uh, I almost saw it today, but I didn't get a chance to because of this other tournament. But uh, I was wondering if Molly's game was going to get any Oscar nominations. I mean, it's that pretty good uh, film for what it turned out. And I didn't expect it to be originally, but uh, of course, Aaron Sorkin is the uh, director. Uh, his his first uh, big feature, and uh, there was some talk that Jessica Chastain, who plays Molly Bloom uh, on the sh- on the mo- in the movie. Uh, was going to get a nod for Best Actress, but she did not. So those came out this morning, and she did not get one. So uh, I looked down the list, and I didn't see them really nominated for any awards. But uh, uh, I guess it's pretty close. I mean, it's supposed to be very well. Good. You
0: know, listen, not having seen, obviously, not having gone out to see that movie yet. I guess I don't know what your hope is there, but I'm hoping that at least it, it's close to you know the <laughs> the uh, the. The standard, the the, the the top of the line standard for poker, a rounders. Yeah, rounders. You know that it, that it falls along that line. I mean, th- that was strictly based on a poker, on on all poker. Molly's game is also based on the character that yeah, that Molly and, and Sorkin is. says and it's
1: not a poker movie. He right, says, you know, exactly. there's poker in it, and uh, they actually hired a uh, a tournament guy who uh, has a lot of experience with his own setting up his own home games. Uh, as a uh consultant for the film so uh he got a lot of the
0: things uh but even that there. if I remember you last week mentioning there were some things in the movie that aren't really realistic. Yeah they, and took, he they says took some they, they they took liberties. They took some Hollywood liberties, there's no question about you it. Know, so with that being said, you know we look yeah. at it and and see how that is. Uh I don't know if you knew this, but uh there was a Spanish uh T V novela that was filmed in in uh, you know at Miami Highlight when we worked there. Oh really? And they wanted to use that back room. You know how beautiful mm-hmm. the back room was, the crystal card room with the chandeliers, right? Very elegant. You know, you obviously with the right camera angles, you can make it look like it was a European casino. And I actually got to be in in in, oh, in one of them. I, they wanted me to be a dealer. Okay. And they had a hand set up, and I actually had to help them. With the way that, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the director whoever it was, wanted the hand to be played out. And I said, well, you know, if you want it to be realistic, it, it won't play out this way for what you want it to. It has to be played out this way with so the batting the patterns. So I, yeah, and they and they actually followed them. And they actually followed them. I never got to see myself in this, in this did scene. You, did you get paid? I did get paid for it. I did get paid for it. Uh, but it was funny because family members that that you know watch the TV novellas. I don't watch them. Uh, happened to see it maybe about a, about six months later because we were shooting, and then they told us it'll probably be uh, you know the TV uh, the Spanish novellas. Unlike American soap operas that never end, <laughs> have a start and finish uh, in it, and they told us that this was towards the end of the novela that was being filmed. It was okay. a Mexican novella. And it somehow they saw me in it. They saw the, how the hand was played and, and everything else. But it was funny because you're mentioning this gentleman. And when they told me, oh, this is what we want, I said, well, you know this is not realistic, right? Anybody who knows poker knows that this is going to be a joke. Right. And then they stopped and they said, well, what would you do? And I said, this is how you have to have it set up with the betting structure and how the hand played out. And they actually decided to follow my advice okay. and and played out the hand that way. So, I you know, again, I, I don't know what this gentleman uh and I forgot his name that you just mentioned right now that uh was the advisor on on Molly's game, but
1: Yeah, I don't have the name in front of me. Joel or something and uh we'll try to get it. you him know, on the show.
0: I I I don't know about you, but if I'm watching something, I I've always been a you know, a stickler for you know, making sure that something is the way it's supposed to be, you know when I know a certain city and they're showing scenes from a city and they're saying, "Oh, you're in this part of town, and i know I know that's nowhere near where they're actually filming because of because of i I know the area, but you know I just didn't want this to not look like a real right. like a real poker right. game, so Hopefully Molly's game, for the most part, because rounders played out that way. Right. Rounders played out like like you know like poker is supposed to be played realistic. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, it's funny how
1: the lead time on some of these productions, how long it takes. I'm, I was just looking today at, back at some papers, and the program that just came out, which is supposed to be very good, American Crime Story, uh, the Gian- Gianni Versace murder, uh, which is being carried right now. Uh, they shot the scenes in South Florida on South Beach there back in May, so uh, you know it was a big lead time here for a lot of that stuff. And
0: that's for a TV series, yeah. for movies. Sometimes they're shot Longer. two years, two yeah. years in advance, and then it takes almost a year of them editing it and going through uh, test audiences to see you know what they like, what they don't like before they put out a, f- uh, a finished product. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, a couple other things
1: I want to talk about tonight. Uh, we'll take another break. We'll check in on the uh, Lucky Arts Poker Open and see if we can give you an update on that. And uh, we'll look a little bit at the World Series this year and the schedule which has come out and and uh, some of the new things they've added, and uh, we'll look at some of that. Uh, also, if we get a... Th- chance I think we'll look at uh, the Chris Fox Wallace article that I mentioned last week and we'll get to that he started his new uh, poker tour and we'll talk about uh, the planning that goes into something like that it should be kind of interesting as well So, uh, those things when we return you're listening to Poker Action Line and we'll be back after these messages on the program
0: this is Poker Action
1: Line Rods of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Hey, Dad, how do you throw a curveball? How do you build a fort? How do refrigerators run? How do fish learn how to swim?
0: Kids ask a lot of questions.
1: How high can you jump?
0: But you don't have to know every answer.
1: How many phone numbers are there? Because
0: you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. How
1: do cell phones work?
0: There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered.
1: What's electricity? They just need you. What's the moon made of? For
0: more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to the show. Poker Action Line from South Florida, Big Dave and Joe. Take a look at a little bit of, uh, uh, based on an article that uh, was written by Kim Yule that I was looking at. The uh, WSOP schedule uh, is out, of course, and, uh, you know, there's several additional tournaments this year. Nine new events. Uh, We had talked about some of those this week. Uh, But some of the things were... uh, you know, interesting to look at was how the WSOP continues to respond to player trends. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned this last week that uh, the Venetian, of course, stole some players away from the Rio by uh, having deep stack tournaments. So then the w s o b added a few more in their schedule. Uh, the Aria attracted high rollers to their property and, of course, high rollers. Uh, have been added, and we'll see more and more of that on the schedule this year. And the latest trend is uh, PLO, uh, which I'm happy to see is uh, really uh, seeming to come on, and they uh, have several new well, events. it's been
0: coming on, Dave. Well, it to has, be honest,
1: but, with you. but they've been a little slow in adding some of these events. There's always been the 1500 a and a 10,000. From a
0: tournament standpoint, you're right. Oh you yeah, know, that's what I'm it, talking about. It's it's been it's been the hot cash game for a while now
1: right but and it and PLO and not not PLO 8, uh, eight no no better. PLO PLO right. but they have added three brand new PLO events this year on the schedule uh one is called the PLO Giant 365 and that in itself is kind of something new you know always the smallest tournament was maybe you know the Colossus was 560 or 580 or whatever it was but really that was the smallest event and you really found almost nothing under a thousand unless it was The Crazy 8s was 888, 888, and one year they had Lucky 7s or something, 777. But there's a 365 PLO tournament, which is uh, fairly early in the series this year, event number 11. Uh, Then about uh, kind of at the midline point, there's actually a PLO six-handed event online for uh, 565. So for the first time, PLO being played online and then there will be an Omaha uh, Bounty Tournament $1,500 buy-in toward the end of the series, event number 67. So there's, of course, all the other mixed game variants, including horse and and some of those. The uh, Of course, the Players' Championship is an eight-game mix. But uh, we're seeing that uh, coming more and more. Uh, also, the uh, $1 million big one for one drop is back this year, um, which usually the winner
0: of that... Changes the, uh, the, the line overall of earnings. The overall winners, uh, usually, you know. But last
1: year they had a high roller, a $111,111 uh, $111, $111, $111 high roller for one drop. That is not being played this year. Instead, they will have the they $1 million. Dollar yeah, runner. they yeah, alternate exactly. that.
0: They alternate that.
1: And uh, there will be a couple of other High Roller events this year. A $100,000 No Limit High Roller, event number five, early in the tournament. And then late in the event, at event 77, is going to be the $50,000 No Limit High, high Roller. So um, that adds a bunch of big pl- uh, plays, and uh, eventually... Uh, these will be played, and this year the late two are are played after the main event starts. So, uh, gives yeah, people that get knocked out of the main that, something. That to me to play is in. the
0: big thing that they're doing this year. Obviously, adding the nine new events, but having so much to do after the start of the main event. That's, right. That's uh, you know, listen. They, they've always done something new. We're going to find out how. I think that's going to uh, keep a lot of people there that that would normally be heading back home after they got eliminated from the main event. Right. So exactly. We're going to see how those turn out.
1: Other new events include some bounty tournaments. Uh, those have we've had a couple of those in the event before, but this year they'll have a thousand dollar no limit super turbo bounty. Uh, they had one last year that attracted uh, eighteen hundred and sixty eight players. Oh. But they're actually replacing that with a ten thousand dollar buy in super uh, turbo tournament. So we'll see what happens. They really with that. are going
0: after the high rollers, yeah. Son. Uh
1: they also have a thousand dollar double stack no limit hold 'em tournament. Uh people like the bigger starting stacks a lot of times as well. So those are uh added to the to the schedule. And finally they have one called the closer, which is uh event number seventy five, fifteen hundred dollar uh, with a million-dollar guarantee. So uh, that will be uh, very big, and it will be one of the 78 bracelets that's awarded this year. So a few new things. Uh, I know, I know, that, I know of, that I the
0: Seniors event uh, starts on the 15th of June, because I was looking into that, and okay. it's a three-day event. I didn't see when the Super Seniors... uh it's usually
1: shortly after. You
0: know. So, But uh, that one, I believe, is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. Uh, they said it was a three-day event for it, so... And, uh, you know, that's the one I was looking at to see if I can get out there and play in that one this this year.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, very, uh, you know, the end of May is when this rolls around, so plenty of time to take a look at it and decide what you're going to do. But uh, uh, at least it's great to see them try a few new things every year. And uh they seems to do. be improving that product uh, year in, year out.
0: And last year we didn't hear the complaints like we did the year before with the cashing out. With the registering. I think that was a lot better. You know, so they, they, they obviously, you know, went a long way in getting that problem fixed or, or at least, you know, minimizing uh, the problems with that. I think the big question from last year is still the price of food <laughs> and, uh, you know, bananas and apples being uh, $5 each for one for a banana or an apple or something. I remember right. reading somebody complaining about that. But, uh, you know, to their credit. Again, I've mentioned it on this show, Big Dave, putting on a tournament with just a few events, you know, is is, is tasking for, for a lot of people. Putting on multiple events in the same day and running nonstop for, what, about a seven-week period? Right. Is just it's, it's, it, with thousands and thousands of people. It's, it's, I'm telling you, I, I wish I could be there just to work and just to, to see how that operates.
1: Yeah, it's something else, I'll tell you. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this uh, article that I read about uh, by Chris Wallace, uh, Fox Wallace, uh, and I mentioned it last week that he was involved at one point with the guys from the P.P.C. Uh, P.P.C. Uh, not on a you know management basis or making decisions and that sort of thing, and and not to connect him with that uh, for the rest of his life. But he uh, was friends with those guys and probably. Uh, thought in the back of his mind, you know, I wonder what it would be like to run my own tour, or start something up, if there was ever an opportunity. Well, of course, these guys went went on the lamb because they were, uh,
0: you know, and
1: it's indicted. a shame. It's
0: a damn shame because their their well, tournament kept growing yet, every year. They kept adding more tour stops, you know, throughout the year to lead up to their main event, which which was their crown jewel of their tournament. Uh, you know, it's it's. Again, I, knowing both of these players, Dave, I I don't want to believe that it was a Ponzi scheme. Right. I just think it was just very bad management. You know, the their eyesore opportunities that really weren't there, and you know they put money that they shouldn't have towards ventures hoping to to make their their tour that much bigger.
1: Well, one of the things we always loved about it was that it kind of had their special niche for people and, and wanted to play it tournaments. Was. And uh, you know, didn't want to play a WPT event or spend $3,500 or $5,000 on a buy-in, but that they could go to some small event and play tournaments for anywhere from 150 to 360. You know, and, exactly. And, and that was uh, that was the limit, but it gave them the feel of playing someplace in a in a tournament uh, format.
0: And and not only that, I mean, if you cashed in in the tournament. You know, in the top, usually in the top three to the top five, depending on how how well you know how well it was uh, participated in, you know, you won one of these packages to Aruba, which is great to play in. And as we know, you know, the, the winners were getting a hundred thousand and change, and this was already part of something that you had already won some probably anywhere from ten to fifteen twenty thousand, depending on which tour stop it was to earn your package to get into, the, into their world championship. So, again, for someone who represented them in a few tournaments around the country and here locally, you know, it's, it's just so damn sad. Right. It really is.
1: Well, Chris is from uh, Minnesota, was looking for something in a kind of an underserved area. So they had their first event uh, over Thanksgiving weekend uh, in 2017 at the Diamond Joe Worth Casino in Iowa. Now, uh, you know, there's other big facilities. In fact, you, you worked at one up there in Iowa.
0: Yeah, Council Bluffs.
1: And uh, that's at the dog track up there. And then, uh, isn't Council Bluffs a dog no, track? No,
0: Council Bluffs was just a straight out casino. Well, I think
1: at one time they had a dog they track.
0: They might have, but but when I was there, it was a straight out casino. Okay.
1: And you also worked where else and in Nebraska? I also worked
0: at, no, in um, Kansas City at the Harris City. property. Okay. And let me tell you, you know both of them were first class both of them were first class the people that were that were working in the poker room the properties everything there was done first class i was treated with first class the amenities you know every every everything everything that was there i'm telling you dave it was unbelievable how how well run obviously being a harris property you know that goes without saying but it was just you know Midwest, the hospitality. I had never been out Midwest, so the hospitality, all those things that everybody hears. If you've never been out west, uh, it's it's all true. Right, <laughs> it's all true. The people are just phenomenal. The 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 way they treat you is incredible. Um, again, so damn sad that you know that these guys, that Sandy and Brian, you know, let this thing go to yeah, go to go to the It least. is a shame.
1: Uh, Anyway, Chris talks about uh, the first thing that they have to do is figure out when they want to have a tournament now. Uh, He said everybody, and what he talks about is that everybody up in that area has a cabin on the lake, so uh, that takes care of the summer and and really the early fall, so he had to go later in the year. Uh, Didn't really want to schedule on a holiday weekend, but really there was nothing else, and that was kind of like their open weekend, so they had it on Thanksgiving weekend, which he said, of course, is going to maybe limit your field somewhat. But it was really found a good place where they did have a decent turnout. So, uh, you know, holidays and all that, when you're scheduling things, uh, think of your... And he
0: was trying to do this in Minnesota well, or in Iowa? Just,
1: well, he did it in Iowa, but he, up there in that Midwest region, let, let but me, not Chicago or anything let, like that. Let
0: me tell you, the only, the, Iowa was phenomenal, like I said. The only thing that makes a tournament difficult in Iowa is their state law states that if there's a chop to be made, it has to be uh you know, a hundred percent equal chop. Oh wow. If five players make a deal,
1: it doesn't no, matter no, if no, one I, guy
0: has one chip and the other guy has a million chips, it's gotta be a, a, a breakdown, an equal breakdown. No ICM. Uh, no uh, sir. ICBM? No, no. No, no ICBM. I, no ICBM. No <laughs> ballistic missiles or individual chip modules. But uh, no, that was that was the uh, that was the only thing that I saw. That was like I go, why would they do this? But you know, again, every state, you know, we got to deal with Tallahassee. So uh, I guess this is what they got to deal with.
1: Uh, they also had a broadcast tied in with their event, which he said added to, uh, you know, to to the work and to to setting it up. But that people really liked being able to see themselves on the on the broadcast. Uh, they had a uh, you know putting everything together. You think about uh, planning some of these things. You know, once you pick out the dates, you got to decide what what events you're going to have. You know, what the structures are going to look like. Uh, what your trophies are going to look like.
0: And and there's one thing that you're not mentioning there. You have to get together with the room and make sure that it fits in. Like I just finished telling you about the CHOP procedures, You know, every state has its own little rules as to how tournaments are supposed to be run. So you may have an idea of how you want to run your tournament, and depending on the venue, you may not be able to run it exactly like you want.
1: Yeah. Uh, One of the things he uh, also learned, he says, was that uh, most players could
0: care less about the rake. It it from my experience, you're right, you know, unless it's exorbitant. Right. You know, unless you're charging, you know, $75 for a $300 buy-in tournament, then people are going to start. But you'll always hear a few people mention, oh, you know, the rate here is 15%. That's pretty high, this, that, and the other. But for the most part, he Chris is right. You know, uh, they don't really care. As as much as I thought they would,
1: he said that when he played tournaments, he would always avoid events with a high rake. And and uh, he said when he did see an event that was similar to like the one they put on, he would compliment the tour operators and hope they would continue to keep the rake low. Uh, he said overall we charge between twenty and forty percent less juice than our competitors, and no one seemed to care.
0: Yeah and and you know and again, it all depends on how you're gonna break everything down as far as the as running the tour and making your percentage of it uh you know the p p c was unique in the in the fact that they took twenty percent of the total prize pool and put it towards the packages right and now the the property i guess paid them a fee that they that they you know that they had to you know that's why they put it on their website and then started streaming some of their, their their main event table finals you know started streaming that on uh, on the internet but you know uh, it will affect bottom lines on both ends
1: but he also talked about uh, the mountain of paperwork that was involved that he never realized uh he said there's also quite a quite a quite a bit of expenses involved uh but paying for vendor licenses background checks getting a business license from the state depending on what where you have the tournament uh and a lot of red tape that you had to pay for uh they tried to make up some of it with merchandise uh selling some merchandise there but they said they that uh, doesn't
0: go over very well they
1: didn't really make much on that so that was uh, that was that was tough for them but they did get a good response from their broadcast and uh Uh, They ran a uh, survey with some of the players, and uh, that was one of the things that most of the players could care less about the rake. So uh, he he definitely learned some things, and they will uh, put it together.
0: Listen, all you can do is get feedback and then start tweaking it and making uh, adjustments to it.
1: He said he found it interesting that so few players listed field size as the most important factor uh, when it appeared to be the biggest factor for many of the players who showed up and then chose not to play. I can remember the the PPC first year they had the tournament, and uh, Will, the thrill, said, uh, how many players did they have? And I said, I think that 33 or something. I was like, oh, they had a couple sit and goes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, I know that kept the people, some of the people out of there. Anyway, uh, let's take our final break on the show, and we'll finish things up when we return. But I thought that was uh, kind of interesting to take a look at that. Uh, everybody thinks they can run a tournament, they can, uh, run a series, but, uh, once you get into it, there's really so much more work involved.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and you mentioned getting licenses. The workers, besides the company getting a license, workers. I had to be licensed here in the state of Florida. I had to, you know, they had to pay for my license right. to to work the, the Daytona and the Ocala tournaments. Right. So, yeah, there are there are some expenses
1: lots that you of, have to Lots of bureaucracy, bureaucracy and uh, red tape for sure. That's okay. Uh, we'll take our final break. When we return, we'll finish things up here on tonight's show. We'll also get one more look at the uh, head-to-head battle going on over at the Seminole Hard Rock at the Lucky Harps Poker Open. Daryl Fish and Alexander Shevilev. And we'll check that out when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack, and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show and we have a winner in uh, Lucky Arts Poker Open. It's Daryl Fish. There you go and uh very happy for him uh he has uh, had the last couple of years uh, done very well and uh, i can remember back when he was uh, really struggling along and uh did a did an article about him a few years ago when he went to the uh, world series of poker and got a room with uh got an apartment uh several bedroom apartment her uh, house with I think there was eight or ten guys something like that, and how he would never do that again. That was not really the way to go, because <laughs> everybody had their own agendas, and it, it was a little tough. But I can remember at that time I was out at the tournament in 2012, and and uh, you know I had talked to him at several events, and he was you know playing event after event and not cashing,
0: and uh, yeah, it was that, a
1: really rough summer.
0: That'll go through that'll go that'll go through your bankroll and your psyche real quick. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Anyway, they were uh, finishing things up over the tournament. had held a 16.8 million chip count. Uh, Fish had 10.5 million. And then came this hand. Uh, Fish limped in. Shevlev moved all in right off the flop with pocket threes. Uh, Fish called because he had pocket nines. There you go. So uh, that was his ten point ten and a half million uh at risk. The board uh really helped neither of them. Um, King seven four on the flop, Jack and an ace. So that doubled Fish back to twenty one point two million, Chevilev six million, and then I guess the very next hand. Uh Shavalev had Ace ten offsuit, uh Ace of Clubs, ten of hearts. Fish had King of Diamonds, Jack of Spades. Uh the flop was eight of clubs, nine of diamonds, eight of diamonds. Uh so uh the turn fell with a king giving fish uh the top, pair top pair. And uh but did they get all their them. money in before well, the flop? I they didn't quite say, but I think they did. They probably got it all in oh, before. Let's see. Uh yeah, uh, Chevrolet I would shoved. imagine.
0: I would imagine she he shoved, shoved from the button. Daryl's gonna call with King Jack, thinking that this guy is gonna shove on any two cards after having lost right. that last hand and exactly. having lost the chip lead. And you know, that's all she wrote. Right. <laughs> King
1: on the turn, and then uh, ten of diamonds on the river, and uh, Fish wins the title, five hundred eleven thousand, and it's all over. So
0: you know, it gets frustrating. What, what are we talking about? It's almost eight o'clock now. Uh, or uh, actually, it's a little after eight o'clock now. Eight eight ten. They've been playing for at least four hours.
1: Four hours. Yeah, head to and head. it gets frustrating. And started when you keep, play eight hours for the entire day. Yeah, so you,
0: you keep going up and down, up and down, and it it gets extremely frustrating when you get when you get to that point and you have just lost with a pocket pair. You know the the same way that he came back against Fish with kings against queens. This time it was nines against threes, and right. you, you know I. It it just gets I guess to a point where you go the hell with it. It's time to just start you know firing bullets and seeing if uh, seeing if I can if I could get lucky, catch lightning in a bottle, and take this tournament down. Yeah, absolutely. So uh,
1: it's all over there, and that finishes up a great another great series. Uh, next up for the Seminole Hard Rock uh, in Hollywood will be their uh, Escalator Tournament that I mentioned earlier. Uh, before that, they'll have the uh, circuit up at the Seminole Coconut Creek. And uh, the first time they're hosting such a major event, I guess they actually had the Lucky Hearts there a few years ago at Coconut Creek uh, when it wasn't such a big tournament,
0: but that was a few years ago till they moved it down to uh, to Hollywood. So I'm, um, I'm hoping you can get uh, Noah on, on 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 with us uh, sh- before the before the the circuit event comes up.
1: I don't know. I he's, just want to kind of staying away from uh, commenting on that. I think really, yeah.
0: Man, I would really love to find out why they gave that up. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll give him a call. I'll be here. You know, let's. I'd love to find out why they gave something that doubles their doubles their rake yeah. in just twelve days for the whole month. And yeah. yeah, it just it doesn't, you know, especially with the initial expenses. I know he told me, you know, when they first got it. How expensive it was to buy the WSOP chips, as I already, you know, he knows the felts I, for the table. I felt, you know, the 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 cards. The, the main, I would imagine, the. I mean, he didn't go into complete details with me, but I know that buying the chips is, was probably the the largest single uh, investment that they had to make. Right. Because you know, I know well, I know what it costs to buy chips. Again, they're you know looking to get
1: uh, some changes in the uh, gambling laws here in Florida, and, and hope to uh, someday have slots there and some sort of thing. So, uh, you know, sometimes it just runs its course and it's in a, I, uh, have yeah. have an era. And it's I over. guess,
0: but it, uh, as a poker room manager, it's just I see their numbers. They you know, back when they started, they would go from a million. That they would do in a month, and February being the shortest month of the year, obviously. So you're talking two to three days less than than any other month. And they go up to like and, 1.3. And they, excuse me. 1.3. 1.4. 1.3. Their first year, they went up to almost 1.9. Wow. Okay. And and they, I don't think they, it's almost, much They the almost doubled year, so. it. They yeah. they just fell short of doubling it. But you're talking in a 12 day yeah. tournament, so you know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's. Kind of hard to imagine that you can't, you know, you can't find profit in that extra million. Well,
1: we'll see what we can do. I, he's not one to
0: personally comment. No, no one's have. never been one like that. But maybe we could get, uh, you know, Will or one of these guys up yeah. there, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, just just to give us an idea as to why they they right. would let something like this go. Yeah, well, certainly it's a huge loss of publicity.
1: There's no question. Yep. So we'll see how that uh, shakes out in 2018. You got it. Okay, that'll do it for the show. Gio, thanks for everything as usual. We'll uh, be back next week with another program. we we'll work on uh, Molly's game and a couple other topics. And we'll be looking at uh, the latest things to come here in South Florida, plus Aussie Millions. Moves on, and then, of course, Borgata will be a big one up in New Jersey. So a lot of things to talk about next week as well.
0: All right. Thank you. Good
1: night, guys. Okay. We'll catch you later, and uh, hope you'll stick around every week here on Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.